Section 5 of Sarah Crew or What Happened at Miss Minchin's Boarding School. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sarah and Gracia Parshall. Sarah Crew or What Happened at Miss Minchin's Boarding School by Frances Hodgson Burnett. Section 5 sarah could not even imagine a being charming enough to fill her grand ideal of her mysterious benefactor if she tried to make in her mind a picture of him or her it ended by being something glittering and strange not at all like a real person but bearing resemblance to a sort of eastern magician with long robes and a wand and when she fell asleep beneath the soft white blanket she dreamed all night of this magnificent personage and talked to him and induced a knee and made salams to him upon one thing she was determined she would not speak to any one of her good fortune it should be her own secret in fact she was rather inclined to think that if miss minchin knew she would take her treasures from her or in some way spoil her pleasure so when she went down the next morning she shut her door very tight and did her best to look as if nothing unusual had occurred and yet this was rather hard because she could not help remembering every now and then with a sort of start and her heart would beat quickly every time she repeated to herself i have a friend it was a friend who evidently meant to continue to be kind for when she went to her garret the next night and she opened the door it must be confessed with a rather excited feeling she found that the same hands had again been at work and had done even more than before the fire and supper were again there and beside them a number of other things which so altered the look of the garret that sarah quite lost her breath a piece of bright strange heavy cloth covered the battered mantel and on it some ornaments had been placed all the bare ugly things which could be covered with draperies had been concealed and made to look quite pretty some odd materials in rich colors had been fastened against the walls with sharp fine tacks so sharp that they could be pressed into wood without hammering some brilliant fans were pinned up and there were several large cushions a long old wooden box was covered with a rug and some cushions lay on it so that it wore quite the air of a sofa sarah simply sat down looked and looked again it is exactly like something fairy come true she said there isn't the least difference i feel as if i might wish for anything diamonds and bags of gold and they would appear that couldn't be any stranger than this is this my garret am i the same cold ragged damp sarah and to think how i used to pretend and pretend and wish there were fairies the one thing i always wanted was to see a fairy story come true i am living in a fairy story i feel as if i might be a fairy myself and be able to turn things into anything else it was like a fairy story and what was best of all it continued almost every day something new was done to the garret some new comfort or ornament appeared in it when sarah opened her door at night until actually in a short time it was a bright little room full of all sorts of odd and luxurious things 
and the magician had taken care that the child should not be hungry and that she should have as many books as she could read when she left the room in the morning the remains of her supper were on the table and when she returned in the evening the magician had removed them and left another nice little meal downstairs miss minchin was as cruel and insulting as ever miss amelia was as peevish and the servants were vulgar sarah was sent on errands and scolded and driven hither and thither but somehow it seemed as if she could bear it all the delightful sense of romance and mystery lifted her above the cook's temper and malice the comfort she enjoyed and could always look forward to was making her stronger if she came home from her errands wet and tired she knew she would soon be warm after she had climbed the stairs in a few weeks she began to look less thin a little color came into her cheeks and her eyes did not seem too big for her face it was just when this was beginning to be so apparent that miss minchin sometimes stared at her questioningly that another wonderful thing happened a man came to the door and left several parcels all were addressed in large letters to the little girl in the attic sarah herself was sent to open the door and she took them in she laid the two largest parcels down on the hall table and was looking at the address when miss minchin came down the stairs take the things upstairs to the young lady to whom they belong she said don't stand there staring at them they belong to me answered sarah quietly to you exclaimed miss minchin what do you mean i don't know where they came from said sarah but they're addressed to me miss minchin came to her side and looked at them with an excited expression what is in them she demanded i don't know said sarah open them she demanded still more excitedly sarah did as she was told they contained pretty and comfortable clothing clothing of different kinds shoes and stockings and gloves a warm coat and even an umbrella on the pocket of the coat was pinned a paper on which was written to be worn every day will be replaced by others when necessary miss minchin was agitated this was an incident which suggested strange things in her sordid mind could it be that she had made a mistake after all and that the child so neglected and so unkindly treated by her had some powerful friend in the background it would not be pleasant if there should be such a friend and he or she should learn all the truth about the thin shabby clothes and the scant food and the hard work she felt queer indeed and uncertain and she gave a side glance at sarah well she said in a voice such as she had never used since the day the child lost her father well someone is very kind to you as you have the things and are to have new ones when they are worn out you may as well go and put them on and look respectable and after you are dressed you may come downstairs and learn your lessons in the schoolroom so it happened that about a half hour afterward sarah struck the entire schoolroom of pupils dumb with amazement by making her appearance in a costume such as she had never worn since the change of fortune whereby she ceased to be a show pupil and a parlor boarder she scarcely seemed to be the same sarah 
she was neatly dressed in a pretty gown of warm browns and reds and even her stockings and slippers were nice and dainty perhaps someone has left her a fortune one of the girls whispered i always thought something would happen to her she is so queer that night when sarah went to her room she carried out a plan she had been devising for some time she wrote a note to her unknown friend it ran as follows i hope you will not think it is not polite that i should write this note to you when you wish to keep yourself a secret but i do not mean to be impolite or to try to find out at all only i want to thank you for being so kind to me so beautiful kind and making everything like a fairy story i am so grateful to you and i am so happy i used to be so lonely and cold and hungry but now oh just think what you have done for me please just let me say these words it seems as if i ought to say them thank you thank you thank you the little girl in the attic the next morning she left this on the little table and it was taken away with the other things so she felt sure the magician had received it and she was happier for the thought a few nights later a very odd thing happened she found something in the room which she certainly would have never expected when she came in as usual she saw something small and dark in her chair an odd tiny figure which turned toward her a little weird-looking wistful face why it's the monkey she cried it is the indian gentleman's monkey where can he have come from it was the monkey sitting up and looking so like a mite of a child that it was really quite pathetic and very soon sarah found out how he had happened to be in her room the skylight was open and it was easy to guess that he had crept out of his master's garret window which was only a few feet away and perfectly easy to get in and out of even for a climber less agile than the monkey he had probably climbed to the garret on a tour of investigation and getting out upon the roof and being attracted by the light in sarah's attic had crept in at all events this seemed quite reasonable and there he was and when sarah went to him he actually put out his queer elfish little hands caught her dress and jumped into her arms oh you queer poor ugly foreign little thing said sarah caressing him i can't help liking you you look sort of like a baby but i am so glad that you were not because your mother could not be proud of you and nobody would dare to say that you were like any of your relations but i do like you you have such a forlorn little look in your face perhaps you are sorry you are so ugly and it's always on your mind i wonder if you have a mind the monkey sat and looked at her while she talked and seemed much interested in her remarks if one could judge by his eyes and his forehead and the way he moved his head up and down and held it sideways and scratched it with his little hand he examined sarah quite seriously and anxiously too he felt the stuff of her dress touched her hands climbed up and examined her ears then sat on her shoulder holding lock of her hair looking mournful but not at all agitated upon the whole he seemed pleased with sarah but i must take you back she said to him though i'm sorry to have to do it oh the company you would be to a person she lifted him from her shoulder set him on her knee and gave him a bit of cake he sat and nibbled it then put his head on one side looked at her wrinkled his forehead then nibbled again in the most companionable manner 
but you must go home said sarah at last and she took him in her arms to carry him downstairs evidently he did not want to leave the room for as they reached the door he clung to her neck and gave a little scream of anger you mustn't be an ungrateful monkey said sarah you ought to be the fondest of your own family i am sure the lascar is very good to you nobody saw her on her way out and very soon she was standing on the indian gentleman's front steps and the lascar had opened the door for her i found your monkey in my room she said in hindustani i think he got in through the window the man began a rapid outpouring of thanks but just as he was in the midst of them a fretful hollow voice was heard through the open door of the nearest room the instant he heard it the lascar disappeared and left sarah still holding the monkey it was not many moments however before he came back bringing a message his master had told him to bring missy into the library the sahib was very ill but he wished to see missy sarah thought this odd but she remembered reading stories of indian gentlemen who having no constitutions were extremely cross and full of whims and who must have their own way so she followed the lascar when she entered the room the indian gentleman was lying on an easy chair propped up with pillows he looked frightfully ill his yellow face was thin and his eyes were hollow he gave sarah a rather curious look it was as if she had wakened him in some anxious interest you live next door he said yes answered sarah i live at miss minchin's she keeps a boarding school yes said sarah and you are one of her pupils sarah hesitated a moment i don't know exactly what i am she replied why not asked the indian gentleman the monkey gave a tiny squeak and sarah stroked him at first she said i was a pupil and a boarder but now what do you mean by at first asked the indian gentleman when i was first taken there by my papa well what has happened since then said the invalid staring at her and knitting his brows with a puzzled expression my papa died said sarah he lost all his money and there was none left for me and there was nobody to take care of me or pay miss minchin so so you were sent up into the garrets and neglected and made into a half-starved little drudge put in the indian gentleman that is about it isn't it the color deepened on sarah's cheeks there was no one to take care of me and no money she said i belong to nobody what did your father mean by losing his money said the gentleman fretfully the red in sarah's cheeks grew deeper and she fixed her odd eyes on the yellow face he did not lose it himself she said he had a friend he was fond of and it was his friend who took his money i don't know how i don't understand he trusted his friend too much she saw the invalid start the strangest start as if he had been suddenly frightened then he spoke nervously and excitedly that's an old story he said it happens every day but sometimes those who are blamed those who do the wrong don't intend it and are not so bad it may happen through a mistake a miscalculation they may not be so bad no said sarah but the suffering is just as bad for the others it killed my papa 
the indian gentleman pushed aside some of the gorgeous wraps that covered him come a little nearer and let me look at you he said his voice sounded very strange it had a more nervous and excited tone than before sarah had an odd fancy that he was half afraid to look at her she came and stood nearer the monkey clinging to her and watching his master anxiously over his shoulder the indian gentleman's hollow restless eyes fixed themselves on her yes he said at last yes i can see it tell me your father's name his name was ralph crew said sarah captain crew perhaps a sudden thought flashed upon her perhaps you have heard of him he died in india the indian gentleman sank back upon his pillows he looked very weak and seemed out of breath yes he said i knew him i was his friend i meant no harm if he had only lived he would have known it turned out well after all he was a fine young fellow i was fond of him i will make it right call call the man sarah thought he was going to die end of section five recording by sarah and gracia partial sarah partial dot blogspot dot com on april seventeenth two thousand thirteen in naples new york